Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I am Bruce. And this is your podcast for November 28th, 2021. Should all acquaintance be... <laughs> uh, it's the first Sunday of Advent, Year C. It's the first Sunday of uh, Year C. So, Happy New Year, liturgically Happy speaking. liturgical New Year. Yeah, which Let we all celebrate. Let the liturgical with... dance begin. Yes, we know we all celebrate it. So, I mean, come on. Let's, <laughs> you know, let's all sing the song that we know for the liturgical New Year. Um, I was going to say, I feel like I should have a nice glass of sparkling apple cider right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> or not. <laughs> no, my, my sound actually cut out on the phone there uh, for a second. So I was Yeah, I thought that was like the most cold... <laughs> I, I, Whoa, that one just hit. <laughs> yeah, so uh, uh, so I'm going to assume that you said something really funny. Uh, <laughs> it was hilarious. Very good. Uh, we are coming to you, uh, as you can tell by technical issues, not live on behalf of, or actually live, but not live. live. But, but not together. <laughs> not together. Uh, on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Ch- uh, Church in Fishers, Indiana. Uh, uh, Bruce, I'm in a silly mood. How are you today? I am fine. Good, good. I'll take your fine on my silliness. Um, so this is, uh, th- this. Im- we are now embarking officially uh, a little bit more than, but uh, officially we'll call it our fourth <laughs> year of the podcast. It's easier to round up to the, the liturgical new year. I think we started like two weeks into a, a year uh, uh, early, early on. So this is our fourth year. So um, uh, uh, I'm going to announce uh, a couple of changes to the podcast um uh, one of which is uh i am no longer going to stump you on people uh uh, the person of the day not to not to imply that i actually ran out because i oh yeah you did not most certainly (laughs) did not uh there's there are lots more people i don't know (laughs) so (laughs) there's janice there's um uh, uh, there's that there's, girl who never talked to me in 10th grade. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, there are plenty of other people uh, that you can go out and, and uh, read up on, on the, uh, the official uh, church, uh, Episcopal church website in their glossary section, tons and tons of people. But I thought with the new year uh, and having done all the liturgical material uh, uh, within that three year cycle, that it would uh, uh, warrant changing a couple of things up. And so instead of the person of the day, I'm going to uh, endeavor to do today in church history. Uh, and so that will be Christianity. That will be uh, uh, the church, uh, the Episcopal church, kind of a, a general uh, uh, roundabout history lesson uh, for uh, from the lens of, of religion um and the second change that will be effective with this podcast is we will no longer read the second reading uh for the podcast uh still certainly will be read on sundays uh so uh you can get your daily dose of paul there um but yes (laughs) yeah well i mean there's like a there's a reading for like practically every day so um, well if you use the daily office lectionary you do get almost a daily dose of paul yes 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 so uh but uh because uh um because that material has is more uh, kind of like a, a thesis statement by an individual, oftentimes <laughs> than, more than not. Um, uh, we thought it would be interesting to continue. We'll still do the first reading 
of the day uh, because we often get options for the first reading. Uh, so we can, we'll, we'll have some variation that we'll encounter from time to time there. Uh, but we're going to start doing the psalm. So the first reading, the psalm, and the gospel will be the readings that we uh, uh, go over uh, during the podcast. Uh, we have no idea how this will end up playing out, uh, so feel free to give us feedback uh, on at shortcut at hfec.org. Um, so feel free to share your thoughts on it, uh, including how handsome we sound. Um, <laughs> you know, we'll we'll accept yeah. it. We'll, yeah. we'll accept that. Um, so those are those are the changes to the podcast. Bruce, you want to talk? What do we have going on at the church uh, now that it's uh, it's it was Thanksgiving? It's uh, the Thanksgiving week. Yeah, Thanksgiving week, and we um, have supported with food donations for families so that they have a full Thanksgiving dinner with lots of leftovers as chosen by our township trustee. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are in those families' kitchens now. We have coming up the um, where is it? I'm looking at my calendar, which is a big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> where amongst the blob of calendar entries, uh, what are you looking for? The oh, there it is. Yeah, the um, December fourth. Brotherhood um, of St. Andrew, St. Nicholas mm-hmm. breakfast. Mm-hmm. That's a Saturday and it's a lot of fun. The Brotherhood makes pancakes and other breakfast food. The folks who come and everyone's invited to bring as many people as they can possibly get there, mm-hmm. uh, get to enjoy not just the food, but a visit by a pseudo St. Nicholas and there'll be games for kids and we'll also have about a half dozen uh, model railroad layouts set up yeah. around the room. Yeah, so that'll be see the trains. That'll be really cool, and not just uh, for the kiddos, but for Bruce. <laughs> yeah, I love model railroading. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, uh, 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 things that won't change in uh, a twenty twenty one slash twenty two year C. Uh, will be that we'll still continue to have a live in-person 8 and 10 uh, a.m. services on Sunday morning, and the 10 o'clock service will uh, continue to be broadcast live. So that part will not change, just this podcast um, uh, a little bit. But we're going to still continue to give you a shortcut to Sunday. Ha-ha-ha! Because that's, that's what it means. <laughs> <laughs> and you fought me on that title, so I... I I, I, th- I think I did. I'm trying to remember yeah. what I wanted, uh, and I don't remember what it was. Uh, for, I, th- I think it was Star Trek is Cool. Ooh. <laughs> uh, I mean, that does sound like me. Um, that does sound like me. That could very, very well could. Um uh beam me up podcast uh no, no beam me up gospel and uh, anyways we'll 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 woodshop a couple of other ideas yeah. later <laughs> uh in the meantime let's move over to uh today in church history um uh so uh this is oh wait 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 i just now realized i uh, uh searched for actual today and what I really want is Sunday. So, um, 
I don't think there's going to be a lot of fact checking on this. So, <laughs> so uh, uh, all right. Well, I will okay. fix this for next week. <laughs> but um, uh, today we are recording on November 22nd. To, so today, November 22nd, uh, in church history, 1633, the Ark and the Dove which were small ships, sailed from the Isle of Man, out, outfitted by Cecil Calvert, 2nd Lord Baltimore, and their purpose was to settle Maryland, giving the English Roman Catholics a refuge from persecution. Uh, so they uh, set sail, uh, and uh, you can see why maybe a city is named Baltimore uh, there right. in Maryland. Uh, 1873, uh, there is you see the death of uh, Horatio Spafford's uh, four daughters in a tragic shipping accident when the French ship uh, sank. In response, he would go on to pen the beautiful hymn "It Is Well with My Soul." Wow! Um, yeah, right. I did not know that. I, yeah, that's really cool. Uh, so you see why I don't want to move on from it. Like, uh, <laughs> hey, I, I, I thought these things were cool. Uh, in 1950, uh, uh, you saw the death of Paul William Fleming in a plane, plane crash, and he had been the co-founder of the New Tribes Mission. Uh, and in 1963, we see uh, sadly the death of our beloved C.S. Lewis, uh, uh, um, uh, who it's noted here as uh, being an apologist scholar and author um but uh obviously lion witch and the wardrobe being probably the most well known of his writings uh so that is um that's today in church history as of the recording of this podcast <laughs> well and and since you didn't make me have to answer any questions about i will add a couple things yes please um particularly with c.s lewis in the Early part of his career, he was kind of um, dry and mm -hmm. very intellectual in his in-person teaching and lectures. And people were very surprised by that, comparing it to his uh, um, uh, the good books that he wrote. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes the novels that he wrote um which were full of emotions and all sorts of nuanced um language but then at a very late age he got married for the first time and tragically his wife uh developed i believe it was cancer and died not terribly not a long long time after they got married and it really changed him for the better Mm, and mm -hmm. his theological writings became much more compassionate about the human condition. Hmm. So, um, and a, a book I thoroughly can recommend is called A Grief Observed. And it's the, the, the story of him nursing his wife as she died. And then his attempts at um, going back to how things were. Uh, and realizing hmm. did not work. Hmm. Um, and Interesting. Yeah. Um, and there's a movie, I think it's called Shadowlands, that came out probably in the 90s mm -hmm. that excellently portray it as well, that, those times. Yeah. Uh, just so that we don't do the disservice of giving uh, uh, November 28th its due, 
1760. So these are these are today in church history as of uh, for for Sunday, uh, November 28th. 764, you see the execution of a lot of death in these history <laughs> records. Uh, execution of St. Stephen the Younger during the reign of Emperor Constantine uh, V. Stephen was an advocate of the use of icons, whereas Constantine was, uh, was strongly opposed to them. Uh, in 1568, John of the Cross makes his profession as a Carmelite. I have a question. Uh, monk? He will, uh, well, a monk? A type yeah. of monk? Okay. Yeah. Uh, he would uh, write his famous spiritual canticle uh, while imprisoned by superiors who rejected his reforms. Um, and uh, and what was the other one I was going to do? Uh, 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 two more. Uh, the death of... Uh, yeah, often... Do we only celebrate the death of people? Um, <laughs> depends, depends what source work you're, you're using. Good lord, I'm going to have to source some more. Uh, uh, <laughs> Death of uh, American congregational clergyman Jeremiah Eames Rankin, who wrote the hymns God Be With You Till We Meet Again and Tell It to Jesus in 1904. And uh, um, in 1940, uh, jo George Jeffries and several other ministers gathered to form the short-lived Bible Pattern Church Fellowship, which was a Pentecostal denomination. Oh. So... That's very not Episcopalian. Uh, no, very not. I, I didn't say it was the Episcopal yeah. Church uh, today in history. And uh, uh, so I'm a little fascinated to find out a little bit more about the Bible Pattern Church Fellowship, seeing as how it was a short-lived uh, denomination of the Pentecostal Church. kind of makes you wonder. Well, there are not many long-lived denominations true. in the Pentecostal Church because it is um, so based on personal experience mm. of God that it's hard to get a, a structural um, system that can recognize everyone who wants to be involved, their mm -hmm. spiritual experiences. Hmm. So, you know, you know, yeah. This is how I experienced God. No, this is how I experienced God. Well, see you later. <laughs> well, then I'm going to form my new church. Yeah. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Uh, and I, one thing I will say to give the Pentecostal movement it's due, which uh, it, Pentecostal movements almost, it's not, it's only a slight overstatement to say it's a product of mass communications, particularly mm. radio. Mm. Um, and then later did great on TV as well. But in some ways it was a uh, early example of what we now experience through the internet of very quickly, all sorts of different movements gaining traction and finding followers in various corners. But anyway, the thing I want to give Pentecostals credit for is that they very early on recognized the appropriateness of women preaching. Oh, yeah. Okay. Very good. So let's move on uh, today from uh, our Today in Church History to our readings for church history um <laughs> the, the first reading is uh from the book of jeremiah chapter 33 verses 14 through 16 and that reads the days are surely coming says the lord when i will fulfill the promise i made to the house of israel and the house of judah in those days and at that time i will cause a righteous branch to spring up for david and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land in those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this is the name by which it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. 
Um, short and sweet. Uh, what uh, what is oftentimes in 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 um, the language of the Old Testament, names have meanings. So when it says that the name by which it will be called is the Lord, it, uh, we added the quotes, but the Lord is our righteousness. Do we know what that word yeah, is? Well, yeah, because we translated it. But <laughs> sure, yeah. So, so what? What's the name? What's the name by which it'll be called? The Lord is our righteousness. Okay, but is there is? Huh? 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 Is this a stalling tactic or? <laughs> no, I'm just messing. Oh, okay. 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 Uh, so the name is. Okay, now I'm stalling. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it, it's it's what I was going because what I was going to say is that it's one of these very um, Hebrew instances where the naming of something transforms the meaning of that thing or person. Oh, okay. Like Jacob being named being Israel and Jesus in the New Testament calling peter um the rock uh, okay okay so it, it it carries a high significance um and i'm just seeing if it's how many words they take to say it now that i have gotten to the hebrew um okay it's two words the it it's basically is our righteousness Yahweh. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, so that's not, it's not anything uh, uh, like uh, um, um, super like revealing of like, and that shall be called Syria. Oh, uh, like yeah, a, it is. Oh, okay. So well, what, what's the. Okay. The, there was, there was a lot of, there was a lot of loose chatter going around by this point in Babylonia that the reason that the Israelites had been enslaved and hauled off to Babylonia from Jerusalem and the rest of the kingdom mm -hmm. was that God had totally forgotten them mm -hmm. or was totally punishing them, either one very bad, and that that condition was irredeemable. Mm, okay. So the fact that God is willing to rename Jerusalem the Lord is our righteousness shows that God is willing to make Jerusalem once again, the holy place with the Holy of Holies within it, the temple. Hmm. So it, it, that's, it's a big deal. It's yeah. I would imagine that they would love to, to read, be able to read the words Jerusalem will live in safety. I mean, yeah. Great. Well, and, it, and the reason it's living in, in safety is because, God is going to continue to bless it as God had done for centuries. Mm -hmm. And this ex, th this enslavement of the Jewish people was a matter of decades. It wasn't a matter of centuries. Mm. So it's, it's a short lived um, exile from the Holy land. And probably in most people's, expectations was much shorter than they thought it was going to be they thought it'd be longer yeah mm. 
yeah basically what happened was the the babylonian empire suddenly collapsed through corruption and various things that had nothing to do with the enslaved mm -hmm. but it was and w would have been beyond the sight of the enslaved until suddenly you know the guards are gone sort of thing gotcha uh, now, in uh, verse 15, uh, the translation has the word branch uh, capitalized. In those days, and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David. Um, why? 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 <laughs> well, they were huge Raider fans. And so it's ah. you know, Cliff Branch uh -huh. was one of the all-time uh -huh. great receivers. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, okay. <laughs> A bit of a stretch. Uh, <laughs> I'll give it to you. Uh, um, I mean, they'd be more John Madden fans. Let's be clear. So, well, it, actually, that was the part of the John Madden era. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so of course, the Raiders, the, the readers of uh, Jeremiah would be like, and uh, this guy Branch here. Uh... No, never mind. That's my that's my he attempt. Finally, at a... learned to catch the ball. That'd be my, that was my <laughs> attempt at a John Madden voice. Uh... <laughs> Mediocre oh, that at was best. close. Mediocre at best. <laughs> yeah, he, he mumbled all the time, you know. <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, but branch uh, being capitalized is it referring to the same thing? The 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 name of the city. You know, I gotta admit, I'm not completely sure why they capitalized it. Okay. Why? The, I mean, because in in Hebrew there are no capitalizations. Mm -hmm. And so it is a decision by translators. Um, and it, it's certainly made many, mostly, well, many interpreters of this passage believe it refers to a coming Messiah of some kind. Mm -hmm. Jewish translators tend to see it as a king, who, who a, a regular mortal, you know, 20 year reign dies of old age kind of king right um christians often have translated it or yeah interpret it as a uh, reference to jesus and so hmm. my bet is that's why it's translated. That's probably yeah probably with a capital b yeah but um it's it's not clear in the hebrew hmm. interesting there's actually i should say there's no reason in the hebrew to, to capitalize it Gotcha. Um, and then it, I should have done this probably at the top. Uh, I just got distracted by the, uh, the, the the name of the city and got rolling. Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah, uh, a prophet book. Um, uh, what's the what's the. Yes, it's a prophet book. So what's the what's the uh, uh, what's what's Jeremiah's bent in the in these writings? What's uh, what's Jeremiah uh, trying to address? He's for the most part writing to in the midst of the exile mm -hmm. you know writing to the jewish people who have already been enslaved and gotten their um new disgraceful roles in babylonian society mm -hmm. and some of what he writes is neener neener you had it coming <laughs> gotcha uh, <laughs> But most of it, most of it is more of, um, be filled with hope. This isn't forever. I gotcha. An interesting mixture then, 
Um, yeah. And if anybody else heard the the uh, song in their head, uh, he had it coming from Chicago, uh, like <laughs> I did. <laughs> you just let me know later. Um, uh, but th- yeah, that's a really kind of a, a weird mixture. Like, uh, you deserve this, but it'll be okay. <laughs> it's, it'll, it'll all be okay. Um, uh, so, so the book of Jeremiah then timeline wise overlaps with Isaiah, right? This is uh, this in is part, yeah, in, in in part that it's very close. I mean, when I say in part, I mean like within de- uh, ten years or so. Gotcha. Okay. So you know, in terms of scripture, that's a pretty short time. That that really is an overlap. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, the the, the same it, exile, the same uh, conquering. Oh yeah, same, yeah, yeah. They're talking about the same events. Yeah, okay. and to the same audience. Very cool. Anything else uh, about the short yes. passage from Jeremiah? I looked it up in my Hebrew um, translation mm-hmm. that's done by the Jewish uh, Publication Society, and they do not capitalize um, the branch. Okay. And their footnote is that it's it is a promise of a king coming out of the house of David's lineage. But that's it. Well, that's <laughs> yeah, no European no Messiah translators part. for you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And there, and, well, and there's some biblical translators. I was having some fun looking through various Bibles that capitalize both righteous and branch. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, the things, the, the differences that we create for ourselves. It's kind of interesting. Right. Very good. Uh, uh, anything else about Jeremiah? Um. Well, living in safety is no small thing at that point in history. Oh my There's gosh, yeah. So many competing empires and... It's no small roaming... thing at any point in time, I think. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's very true. And uh, so I'm just thinking of the people who were enslaved in Babylonia had like three major powers breathing down the necks, or two other major international powers breathing down on the, the borders of Babylonia and numerous other sort of criminal enterprises that were heavily armed, ready to swoop in whenever the army turned its back. So mm. Bab- that point in Babylonia, they were in many people's uh, crosshairs. Interesting. Huh. They had a lot of work, so people wanted yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, very good. Let's let's move on for the first time ever, really, uh, to our psalm of the day. Psalm ch- uh, chapter 25, verses 1 through 10. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Do not let me be put to shame. Do not let my enemies exult over me. Do not let those who wait for you to be put to shame. Let them be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day long. Be mindful of your mercy, O Lord, and of your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for the goodness for your goodness' sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord, therefore he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. For all the paths of the Lord are steadfast and faithfulness. 
and for those who keep his covenant and uh, and his decrees. Um, let's we don't ever really go into it um, during the church service either. The Book of Psalm, um, Psalms, I guess. Right. In this case, uh, whereas we would say the Book of Revelation without s uh even though there's multiple revelations um no there's one revelation the book of revelation there's multiple revelations it's the same revelation several times over right but yes in the book of psalms there are multiple psalms if you made two free throws it's it's the same free throw several times (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna use basketball logic on you um um, but anyways so the book of psalm i was actually ready to argue that but yes (laughs) the The book book of psalms the book of psalms uh uh tell us a little bit give us a history lesson on this we don't really ever talk about it well there are 150 psalms Mm -hmm. all together they are of all sorts of different lengths um there psalm 119 i forget how many verses it is but it's dozens and dozens of verses uh 137 i think is seven verses Hmm. and yeah so it's not one thing um carefully produced in one sitting Mm -hmm. to all fit together um so it's written in hebrew just to state what hopefully is obvious Mm -hmm. and tradition in that way that we have talked about before of you honor someone by putting their name on it that tradition has it that david wrote the book of psalms okay but many psalms refer to david as someone who's died already so we know at least those weren't (laughs) right right or, or very weirdly uh, written uh, in yeah <laughs> in that context. Jeez, and, David, this is kind of weird. <laughs> Shut up already! You have other things to do. You talk about yourself. <laughs> yeah, but um, but you're dead. What a weird way yeah. to do this. Your, your um, obituaries need work, man. Um, <laughs> but but even more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Back on track. The, the Psalms describe all sorts of different contexts mm-hmm. that come from different points in Jewish history mm-hmm. of whether or not there's a temple, for instance, mm-hmm. um, whether or not there's a formal priesthood, all sorts, you know, and on and on and on, kingdoms, kings, things like that. So we know they come from a span of hundreds of years. Okay. And sometimes within a given psalm, just like other parts of the Bible, we can have a pretty good idea of, you know, roughly of 50 year period in which it was written, which I think is pretty impressive yeah. by what, what did the Hebrew look like? How was it used? Mm-hmm. Sort of put, put the language within its window of ch- change and development through the centuries add in what were the con- theological concerns, add in what were the contexts around the physical context, kings and stuff. And we can actually date many of the Psalms pretty accurately. Hmm. And so from that, we know it's hundreds of years. So they, they were essentially the hymn book 
for the Jewish people. Okay. The, that that was the purpose. They weren't there as a teaching tool or you know, a, a typical Bible book, we would say today. But instead, it was the collection of hymns that people worshiping together would sing together. Hmm. Well, that answers the other question that I would have had then, because uh, I was, wasn't sure if we should, we should read these as poems or prayers. And the answer is kind of the mixture of the two. Because uh, I'd yep. say that's kind of what a hymn, hymnal is, a, a, you know, um, a, a sung prayer that is uh, oftentimes very poetic. Um, right. Uh, um, how how was the Book of Psalms uh, then uh, discovered? Was it like seemingly uh, uh, published? I'll use that word um, uh, collectively, or were, was it put together? Uh, piece by piece at, at, at a later date. Yes to both. Okay, so, so chunks of it were together and then chunk mm-hmm. and then put together as a, as a as a whole. Yeah, different they were collected from different places, different I mean different literally like different libraries, mm-hmm. not you know different continents or something. Um and I have to admit, I don't know off the top of my head when they came together as a canonical book. Mm. Um, but it it was one of the... <laughs> I think it was one of these things where sort of like with we see we can see in the New Testament that people say, hey, wait a minute, you don't have our favorite hymn in there. Uh-huh, yeah. This is what our synagogue's been singing for years. Why isn't it in it? Why isn't it in there? Mm. Um, and so it, it had a, a certain amount of, well, it had quite a bit of development. Um, and we can look at things like, um, different early Hebrew Bibles, different early Hebrew, um, prayer collections and begin to see pretty early on how they were used, which is exactly how we use them today. Mm-hmm. Um, with as a in-between piece between scripture readings. Though obviously it wouldn't be in between a Hebrew scripture and a New Testament reading like we do, but it was part of the worship of the Jewish people and continues to be between different readings. Um, is, the, is, is the book of Psalms, are there like clear divisions uh, in the way that they're put together, kind of the way that you, like, we talk often about, like the first, second, and third uh, authors of Isaiah, um, is are there like clear delineations, or are those a little bit more muddled since each hymn um, doesn't necessarily like it's not they're not collectively like moving through a story or a specific point of view. Uh, they kind of just kind of have a happy marriage together. Well, part of it is yes and no, because part of it is that, well, it's a, it's such a mishmash of material Mm -hmm. that it depends what your level of proof is to say they are this or they are that. And I think it's actually better to sit back and be comfortable with the mishmash Mm -hmm. rather than to say oh yes they were definitely created 
with this in mind and then that in mind and then this third thing in mind mm -hmm. uh, because there's always an exception and it depends on whether you think if there are two psalms that share a quality that's an organizational structure or does that really matter right right or or can you basically pick two psalms out of the hymnal and they both deal with god's love and uh uh and his uh mightiness or his his uh his his vast uh um uh, control over over the powers of 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 life you know what i mean like you could find that yeah. you could find that theme almost by blindly picking any two psalms uh uh and and that doesn't necessarily mean that those two psalms are then intentionally linked together so that makes sense yeah it's it's a uh, well any any collection centered on worship is that is actually used is going to be very difficult to interpret or dis, or set up a structure around it because mm -hmm. worship of any kind of meaning and vibrancy is is going to change week to week probably right. and certainly century to century yeah so you know in in century I'm purposely not using a number century a psalm 140 may have been the bee's knees but in century b nah psalm 33 was really the top hit and right, right. You know, right. so there's just it, it's it's a wonderful snapshot of how people worship and one of the neat things about the book of psalms is that there's so many different styles of of relationship with god reflected in them mm. the a lot of people who have never well especially if they've never read the hebrew scriptures at all will be very surprised at the number of times god is yelled at yelled at Ooh, i look forward to this uh, that yeah. that makes it interesting yeah that you know it's like you made a promise to us <laughs> And now I'm eating dirt, right? <laughs> What's this about? Well, and... Tell, I mean, there's, there's, I can't remember which one is off the top of my head, but there's one where you can almost picture the author standing back, putting his arms wide like some Brooklyn dude saying, come on, show me. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stri strike me down. Send me to Hades. See who's going to be left to praise you. I mean, that actually is part of a psalm. <laughs> Interesting. I can't wait yeah. to find what we said. Yeah. Um, you can kind of, in a way, you can kind of tell that, I mean, maybe that might uh, be an indication that this is kind of the same author. Because as you reread, or as like I reread uh, this Psalm 25, um, there's a lot of the author's emphasis on what the Lord, what the author wants the Lord to do. There's... Mm -hmm there's only there's only like implied things that the author uh themselves will then do because it's all <laughs> all of it is the, the onus is on god doing something it, it, it starts off saying like hey i trust you uh i lift up my soul to you you don't let me be put to shame you don't let me my yeah. enemies uh exalt over me you don't let those who wait like it's 
It's a uh, uh, make me you make me known. Uh, you know your ways. You lead me in your truth and teach me. Uh, it's not like open my heart so that I can be You're right. mindful and like this is this is almost on on second reading almost a little demanding. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's when you think your life is completely in mid explosion, mm-hmm. you drop the flowery language. That's true. And pick up the popcorn. <laughs> and just watch. Just watch it burn. <laughs> now, th- this is the, I don't want to watch it burn, God, but you're the one who can fix it. That's that's true. That's true. Um, but, and then it, it it does take, I, I do notice that in uh, between verse 7 and then verse 8, it takes like a tonal shift uh, between what I'm going to label as the demands of the author to becoming more of like a, a herald, which is kind of like an interesting... Uh, dynamic uh, uh, good and upright is the Lord he instructs therefore he instructs sinners in the way he leads the humble and like it's it's just kind of an interesting uh, thing to notice in the writing style of what the author wants God to do and then just immediately starts uh, singing his praises again <laughs> well and it, it it is part of the and this is why you should do it hmm Okay, because I gotcha. you are gracious and upright, and um, it it has a firm sense of who's got who is God and what is God's identity, mm-hmm. and there are a number of psalms of complaint that that's not a technical term um, that remind God of. What is God's essence and how God's dropping the ball on that? Gotcha. Gotcha. And usually it turns out to be a matter of perception if you really step back. But these are not, Psalms are not for um, big picture theological instruction. No, these are personal. Yeah. Like a personal, almost like a a guide to perhaps a personal conversation. Yeah, when I've, I'm one of thousands, if not, well, I'd say millions of spiritual guides who have told people, read the book of Psalms to free up your voice Hmm. because it will allow you to be mad at God. And clearly you are, but you don't think you're allowed to be. You know that boy. You could what you just said right there uh, uh, could be a whole discussion. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I it, quite frankly, I fear touching it any further because I don't know as if we. Uh, I don't know how I would how I would navigate keeping that within a time constraint. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, so so maybe tuck that one away at that, that point uh, mm-hmm. that, that you're you're. A, allowed to uh uh feel that feeling uh because yeah you're right we don't we often do not feel like that's appropriate or that we're allowed yeah and so when you think about these these were the opening hymn on a sabbath in the synagogue it's like oh i guess this is okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) the opening hymn on a sabbath 
hey, God, bring it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, it's going to be one of those Sabbaths. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> David's failing at this tonight. Right. <laughs> Goodness. Uh very good. Well, we'll have we'll have lots of chances to talk about yeah. it in the coming months. Yeah, so yeah, definitely. It comes up frequently. I want to circle back on that for sure. So uh until yeah. until that point in time, let's uh let's move on then to the Actually, gospel. Oh, go ahead. Go I ahead. have two more things. Two Just, more. Two I'll, more. So I'll say them quickly. This the psalm by the by the poet, by the composer, mm -hmm. was written so that in Hebrew, every verse begins with the next letter in the alphabet. No, -uh, get out of there. Really? Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't pull it off in English in translation. Well, no, uh, but that's cool. Yeah. Because uh, that's like a and style and a prose that we don't really, we don't use. We don't, I can't think of an English equivalent we don't do well we i i that? just heard today on the car radio an absolutely tacky song sung by bing crosby in which <laughs> christmas is sung about in this way where each letter has a meaning yeah okay okay i don't know i don't um, know if yeah. i know this song by bing no but... you probably don't but yeah there's like the there's there's some old mother. I think there's a song about mother that does that. Interesting. Uh, so anyway, it's it's something that has happened in English. I'm not going to count um, it. Music, <laughs> and it's probably better not to think about. So anyway, that takes place here. That's cool. Except, I'll, I'll give kudos to to Solomon for for that. Except, except the poet purposely made one mistake, so that when you notice the opening letter the opening letter of the second of the middle section and the opening letter of the last verse it spells to learn if you do something intentionally is it a mistake i that should have been in quotes you missed my air quotes <laughs> oh okay yes we did miss the air quotes so it spells out to learn yeah it's a three-letter word in hebrew all right. Uh, let, let's just all admit that we're not as cool as we used to be. Um, <laughs> that's that's isn't that cool? Yeah, that's pretty daggone cool. <laughs> I just think take that's that, just one song. Take that, Bing Crosby. <laughs> what do you got? Nothing. You got nothing. That's pretty cool. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, let's move on then to yeah. uh, officially to the gospel, uh, which is coming from Luke chapter 21, verse 25 through 36. There will be signs in the sun, the moon and the stars and on the earth distress among nations confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world. The powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also, when you see these things take place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. 
Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life, and that day catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Um... It's interesting to me. First, first of all, uh, year C, uh, uh, we were just uh, previously in uh, uh, the Gospel of uh, of Mark, uh, right. which is what we were most, for the most part, reading uh, in, in in year B. So now year C is um, Luke. Uh, is that correct? Are we mostly in that, Luke? Yes, in yes, yes. Yeah. Um, I'm. I'm not drawing a referenceable memory as far as like, I can't quite pinpoint where it was said. And so I'm assuming it was John and not Mark um, from this past year talking about signs and wonders and, 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 and being able to see the coming of the end of days, which is essentially part of the conversation, at least of, of that gospel writing. Um, but actually it's probably mark that you're thinking of. Well, it was it mark okay probably um, but in that writing it was basically say seeming to say these kind of things happen and people see signs in it in 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 uh, all of this and we'll always see signs and then it that's not meaningful for you know the end of time or you know god's plan and yet here in luke it's kind of he, the gospel of Luke basically says like, yeah, it's going to be made, you know, it's kind of apparent, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, it'll be just as easy as figuring out that summer's coming because there's leaves on a fig tree. Um, so is there a reason for that difference? Is it just like a subtle nuance of the, the, the con individual conversation between the two gospels? Cause obviously there, it's not a contradicting account yeah. of a single instance it's just um the tone of what jesus is saying here in luke doesn't quite match some uh, this vague memory that i have of probably mark well the the you have an accurate memory of mark but to just blow your mind man please yeah, i mean you already did with the, the same passage yeah go ahead the same passage essentially occurs in luke as well it's just we don't have it as part of the gospel for this week. Oh, okay. Okay. So Jesus is contradictory all within the book of Luke. Well, no. <laughs> no, is that not what you said? Go ahead. Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I, what I'm willing to say is Jesus is similarly contradictory in Luke and Mark. Because Mark has a passage almost just like what we have for this gospel. Mm -hmm. And in Matthew as well, because both those passages occur in Matthew as well. Hmm. Well, then I, I suppose for context, we need a little bit more information about this passage then. Because yes. as you read it, it's kind of hard to tell where you are in the story of the gospel. Um, I mean, we right. can look at chapter 21 and assume... Okay, well, he's not a child, <laughs> and he's not, and and uh, it's not the end, uh, uh, ne maybe necessarily. Uh, but where are we in the gospel story? 
We're very close to the end. Okay. So these are the final teachings that Jesus gives be, um, before the Last Supper, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, and therefore his arrest. Um, torture, crucifixion, resurrection. So the, these, these are the biggies. Okay. Um, the, the, the key teachings. And one of the things that happens in Mark, and I think in Matthew, that does not happen in Luke, is that Mark has these teachings given only to the apostles um, mm. on, the, on the Mount of Olives. And in Luke, Jesus is still teaching publicly in Jerusalem. Hmm. So it's for everyone. Anyone who wants to lean their head in can hear Jesus saying this stuff. Hmm. Um, the other, and the other thing is, Mark and Matthew do seem to be pointing at Mark more than Matthew about seem to be pointing towards an end of time focus. Okay. Luke takes the same teaching. And points it to Jesus's death, resurrection, and ascension. Yeah, that's kind of the vibe. I'm kind of I, I'm I'm kind of now getting uh, uh, yep. as you're saying that because uh, regardless of the eh, some gospel writings more than others, um, oftentimes Jesus uh, it's written down that Jesus is trying to explain to the, the apostles what's about to happen. And or the disciples know what's about to happen and uh, like completely going over their head. Right. Um, so in a way, it, it, in keeping that in the back of my mind, as I reread this, uh, uh, <laughs> this is maybe another example of Jesus staring them in the face and going, it should be obvious to you. <laughs> what's about to happen and that the kingdom of God is near. I've been dropping hints to you <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> it's right here in front right of you. Right here. Maybe tomorrow. Who knows? <laughs> um, uh, but uh, uh, so, so I can kind of get that vibe of, cause that, 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 that is, um, that would be the, 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 the coming of the son of man, um, uh, is, would, would be that, that event, his, his, uh, death or persecution, death and resurrection. Right. I mean, that's kind of him fulfilling that yeah. role. So, um, not the end of times. Uh, this is definitely, uh, as I'm rereading it a lot more about, uh, as you pointed out, kind of, a. Uh, what's literally about to happen in the gospel story. Yeah. And one of the ways that this is pointed out, and again, on any given Sunday, you can only read so much, but if we had started five, yeah, five verses earlier in chapter 20, I'm sorry, chapter 21, verse 20, mm -hmm. um, Jesus says, when you see that Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know its desolation has come near. It's literally describing the Roman legions charging down, or actually uphill, charging up to Jerusalem to mm -hmm. destroy it. And 
wouldn't there have already been army stations? I mean, it was like a yeah, it was an occupying uh, army. Yeah, but they, there's there's like a garrison nearby or 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 the equivalent. Uh, so wouldn't that have did... been a statement of like it's it's right about now? <laughs> the forces <laughs> well, are already oh, okay. here. I They're see right what you're there. saying. <laughs> at the at the time of Jesus, yeah, there was an army, um, a Palestinian Roman army, mm-hmm. and when the revolution started. Um, not terribly long after Jesus died and was resurrected, Rome shifted more legions, more armies into Palestine to make this trouble end once and for all. Gotcha. To quell the... the... Yeah, so there's a huge escalation. Hmm. And they brought their their best technology in, into, Pal- into the Palestinian area and utilized it and literally scattered the residents all over the globe, all over the known world. Mm. Which is also uh, kind of a, kind of a statement of, as pointed out here, uh, a, similarly a statement of the obvious when weapons of destruction are nearby, something's mm-hmm. going to get destroyed. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> well, but... it's as plain as the, the leaves on the fig tree. Yep. Something's about to happen. <laughs> and yet, how often the human race, regardless of the religion, has said no God, God or the gods will spare us. Mm-hmm. Um, man, it's like, eh, no, right? <laughs> Get the heck out of there, <laughs> right? Um, that Jesus literally says, "Tell them to flee to the hills, mm-hmm. to the mountains." Um, so in this passage. Mm-hmm. It's in the midst of a, lo- a longer one where Luke very carefully lays out the predictions of what's to come. And all of them are fulfilled before the book of Acts, which Luke also wrote, is, hmm. is done with its narrative. Hmm. So none of this is beyond the lifetime of the author of Luke and Acts. Whereas Matthew and Mark are like, you know, this will happen someday. You don't know when. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, right here. It's, he, uh, the author puts it right here. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. And for yeah. at least the author, that, you know, that, that would be the author's generation. Uh, yeah. And yeah. So that and so unfortunately, though, Gospel of Luke gets lumped in with Matthew and Mark and people say oh yeah this is the luke version of the end of the world no this is the luke version of the last weeks of christ as fully human Mm -hmm. and the beginning of christ as part of the one true god yet again and some other stuff Hmm. of the romans doing terrible things and such <sighs> yep, we people are awful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, this isn't so much we are awful, but we tend to look for an easy answer That's true. rather than learning from the nuances. Uh, I was I was being bogged down by the awful things that we do uh, throughout history, uh, including okay. including the destruction of the temple and the the attempting to quell. Yeah, which time? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> the one hinted at in this discussion. Okay, uh, the most recent oh, one. Oh, sorry. 
Sorry, we did hint at two. Uh, yeah. so, <laughs> so, uh, but uh, uh, anything else uh, about this uh, gospel passage? Um, without without spoiling your potential uh, uh sermon, Homily. right? I'm let's see. No, I, I think I hit the highlights, <laughs> I, I wanted to. Um, no, no further but, spoiling will be done today, then, right. Uh, and well, I, I'm aware of how much time we've already talked about these, <laughs> all, these really great passages. Oh, all yeah. three of them. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to discussing more uh, specifically about the Psalms. So, uh, for yeah. for those listening, uh, thank you for indulging us in changing up uh, a little bit of the format. Hopefully, uh, you'll get as much out of. I guess that's the mission statement of the whole thing. Hopefully, yes. you get more, <laughs> just as much out of this as I do. Um, <laughs> Because I get a, I get a heck of a lot out of it, um, uh, but with that, I think we'll call to a close this year podcast for November twenty eighth, twenty twenty one, the first Sunday of Advent in Year C. Again, uh, Happy New Year! Uh, we look forward to worshiping with you in in person or online, as whatever works best for you. Uh, and until next time, I'm Ben, and I'm Bruce, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.